0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA AM member FDSE. Hi, I'm Paul Hogan. Hey, I'm Travis Connectney. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this
1: is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sandman. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hi, this is Derek Bassard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. Hey, and you're listening to like,
0: Snow the Goalie. Snow
1: the goalie. Snow the goalie. the goalie. Snow the goalie. Snow the goalie. Snow the goalie. Snow the goalie. Snow, goalie. snow the goalie.
0: Oh yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Snow the Goal, the Only Flyers Podcast, the People's Podcast, the Players' Podcast, Prognosticators' Podcast, PewDiePie Podcast, Papers' Podcast, the Only Flyers Podcast, which I guess we could say is like the only on the verge of two ten-game losing streaks team podcast. That's fine. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And um, I guess we'll get started out. You know, one one guy's smiling and the other guy's not. Let's go to the one who's smiling first. Let's go to Bundy. How you doing, fella? I'm doing good, guys. Uh... You know, yeah, it's been one of those weeks,
1: like, you know, again, um, hockey, COVID, society. It's just been really one of those weeks again. And uh, I saw the schedule came out the other day, though, which will be interesting for that February break. The Flyers have uh, Mm -hmm. uh, that three
2: weeks to play. What is it? A few games, right? Like Seven games, something like that. I think they only have four that they have to make up, but they moved. um, They didn't move one other game into into that window. So I think it's five that they have. They had four, so, that, uh, four that they had to make up, and then they moved the uh, St. Louis game into that window.
1: Yeah, and, and I think one of the most painful things, Anthony and Russ, when I look at this week is there's, what, about 44 games, 43 games or something like that. Don't, remind, and, don't remind me. And they're done. Like, so they're, they're done. There's <laughs> so no – there'll be so no bad. chance of making the playoffs. I have a couple theories of things that I'd like to talk about today of where the direction of where this team needs to go and go right now, not – Three weeks from now, it has to happen, like, starting today. Um, so it's been interesting, but really it's not a whole lot of good going on here. Guys, the Flyers have an opportunity to uh, strike a chord with their second 10-game losing streak of the season. I know that that may have happened, Anthony, in that 06-07 season. It's the only time it's ever happened in the history of yep. the franchise. Yeah. And so, um, again, has that, has the 10 games ever happened with two different coaches on a team? we got to find that one out. I had to put a <laughs> couple of feelers out <laughs> That's a good question because you don't, you know, what's interesting with it, right? Like if you had one coach you felt was just so shitty and you're like, we got to change the coach because the team is just not responding. And then you bring another coach in and they do another pull off another almost 10 gamer. They have an opportunity to do so tonight. I think it might just be quite the big volumes that we were talking about that maybe it's not the coaches, Maybe the players just aren't that good.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe this well, team You say like you say bring in another coach. No, they didn't no, bring in another coach. Well, they just You know, elevate. you say, No, no, I'm saying you didn't you didn't actually bring in a new coach. You just rolled out one of the assistant coaches, the one that the GM liked better, the one that was the GM's guy, and it hasn't worked. It had very short-term effects, which is what we see across professional sports after a coach is fired. Usually the interim guy comes in. There's a nice little bump. There's a little uptick. Maybe the system gets a little bit better. And then eventually things kind of crash back down to earth. That's what we've seen. And well, listen, they beat, this they team beat, is. And, and like, again, I know it's the
1: intro, but we'll get into it a little bit more about my thinking with this. Um, but again, it, it's pathetic. And uh, clearly a different voice did not strike any chord with these guys because they're as bad as they were before Christmas. They went on a little run where it was good uh, points in like, five or something straight five straight but the teams they were playing were horrid uh and they were able to beat up on them as and probably that'll probably be their best winning
0: streak of the year good to see you guys how's everything with you and, and it's good to see Ant over there find him on twitter at ants philly hi Russ. <laughs> hi ant so i know i know this is going to be a really hard episode for ant and i don't even know if i'm going to be here for the whole thing but Bundy, I just want to, I didn't even have to clip it. I didn't want to go back and roll it because I, I knew it would upset Ant if I did, if I used his own words against him. But correct me if I'm wrong, Bundy, were there multiple instances over the last like month and a half where Ant said something to the effect of, we need to see what this team looks like in the next 10 games? He, he
1: did, but you that, know what? That uh, happened? He did. Okay. But let me, again, I want to defend him a little bit. He
0: said, well, I, I didn't even if, say if that he's at fault. through yeah.
1: those games, he, he'd give them a chance. But he never said that he expected them to. I think there was a hope that they would, right, Anthony? Yeah, that well, they would was, recover. But I they mean, didn't.
2: So, he, so, I mean, here's what, you know, obviously my thought process when I was saying those things was, well, they're going to get their injured players back. And I didn't expect them to lose six or five and six players to COVID at the same time. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously you want to see what the full team looks like now. It doesn't matter. Now it just doesn't matter. They still haven't, they still haven't seen what the full team looks like probably won't get an opportunity at any point during this year to see what this full team looks like. So at this point, it doesn't matter any, any longer. So, so that's all I was saying. I I wasn't sitting there saying, rah, 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 they're going to turn it around and figure it out. I said, you got to give them an opportunity, give them a chance to show you to see what they have because they might, who knows, maybe they will, maybe they are better as a full roster. Uh, Now it doesn't make a difference. It really doesn't make a difference at this point. They're so far out. They can't get there. So it doesn't matter if they suddenly have a full roster in the next two weeks, it isn't going to make enough, enough of an impact. So it doesn't make a difference. So now, now, as as a matter of fact, I mean, it's, it's at a point now where it's like, don't bring these guys back. Don't bring them back. Just let them be injured for the year and let them be healthy for next year. What's the point in bringing them back? So, Anthony, this I, is what I've I... been
0: advocating for for weeks. With you Ellis, couldn't with things, you
2: couldn't do it weeks ago. Absolutely Russ. could have. No,
0: you couldn't. Absolutely could have. You no, sure no could this have. is
2: where you're. This is where you're a jackass. You couldn't do it weeks ago. No, because because this is where we ago, don't agree. No, no, because weeks ago you still had a, a belief that the players were going to be able to come back and play, and you were only six points out of out, not even five points out. You're five points out, and there was a thought that they could come back and play. And you had 60 games to go at that point. So, yes, of course, you have to give it an opportunity. But now you're 15 points out, and there's yeah, there's still 44 games to go, but so many people are hurt. It's like, well, what the hell is the point at this point? But at that at that juncture, you you couldn't just say the hell with it. Forget it. That's 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 you're you're committing suicide as a team, as an organization. You're basically telling fans, don't come down here. Don't come down. And they're, I mean, they're doing that on their own because they're disappointed. But you couldn't make that announcement then. You just can't. As a matter of fact, you can't even really make it now. you got to kind of just kind of muddle through for a month because the trade deadline is not until March 21st.
1: Well, you won't like what I was going to suggest, but my suggestion would be, guys, because of where they're at right now and because of the value that maybe is or isn't on the shoulders of, of the captain, Claude Giroux, and I don't know what you've heard, but I've heard from three or four pretty good sources that he is going to waive that, that his no-movement clause. Yeah. I've heard that from pretty good insiders. Uh, that I, And so I'm, I believe to tend to believe that's true. My point is here now, guys, and I, I feel free on open discussions, this is just my opinion. If I were Chuck Fletcher and I were running this team, I would not put Drew on the ice again as of right now. I would not play him tonight. I would say, if you're going to move, we're going to move you right now. A couple of reasons for that. One, I don't want him to get injured, right? Because if you know you're moving, sometimes your body will actually play differently thinking that you're not totally in it for the team that you're there. You're waiting to get traded. The second thing is, I don't want him to win another game for this team. I don't. I want them to keep slipping down as far as they can until they get a better. And it's a terrible thing to say with uh, you know 40, 40 games gone by, almost 30, whatever it is, To to be able to say that, but I don't want his hand and another assist on a power play. If this team is going to go down and they're going to stink till the end, then get the captain of the lineup, get whatever you can get for him, but send a message right to the league now that you're going to start taking offers, fielding offers now, jump ahead of that fray before everything else starts going. But that's what I would do. And that's a hard message to everybody. That's a message also to your fan base that we're going to try to do things the way that they did it. Remember the Rangers a few years ago. I hate going back to them as we've done this before. They sent an open letter to their fan base saying that we're going to take a step back, but we think it's going to be for the better of this franchise. That's all I'm saying right now. And there's a lot of pieces. It's a hard thing to do, but I think that if that's what the decision that Claude is going to make, I think you do that right now. You do not wait till March. You make your own trade deadline now. Uh, as the flyers, and don't worry about any of that 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 crunch time number of noon in March sometime.
2: Yeah, I, I think you're right, Bundy, in this regard. I think that they're going to do it early. I don't think that Giroux going to be a March 21st trade. Right. I right. think he'll be before. I think he'll be before then. It still might be too early in the sense that they, even though he's going to, you know, has made it known that he'll be willing to waive that no trade clause, they officially haven't asked him to. And because they haven't asked him to, you know, I mean, maybe Chuck's starting to feel out the offers. Hey, if he waves it, would you be interested? Just to kind of see where teams are. That's going to take a little bit of time. So I think that it's, I think that they're probably going to let it go. Let's let it go into February. And then probably, I think you're looking mid February, I think is when you're really, again, because the other team gets an opportunity to keep Drew for a longer period of time. But I think I mean, the I mean, I mean, yeah, rather than wait till the 21st of March
0: this this is an extra presupposes 20, an extra that, 20 like, games out of them. Yeah, but this presupposes that another, like No, 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 not that, the Flyers. Exactly. The team that that teams for. no that like that teams haven't done due diligence at this point. Anybody who knew what the hell was going on saw 2 months ago there's a chance that the Flyers are going go to go are, are going to go down the drain. What do we need to do? What does a package look like to pry away any number of players, including Claude Giroux. It's a thing that we talked about even going into the season, that there's a possibility that if things hit the skids, Giroux might be traded. Every GM worth their weight in whatever had to already have in their minds going into the season. What would we be willing to give up for a guy like that at different intervals throughout the season? Obviously taking into account the number of games that they would actually be getting out of him. And then the possibility of being able to get him to sign an extension, perhaps beyond this season. Waiting until mid-February, the the only way it makes sense is if you're holding out hope that one of the better teams or one of the teams that have better assets suffers an injury down the middle. That's the only thing that you're waiting on. And honestly, it, it doesn't make sense. If you're looking for what do you do to maximize value in a number of different ways, it's to trade him as soon as possible. It's having the open dialogue with the rest of the GMs in the league that we are going to move him. He is willing to waive the no trade clause. Bring us your best and highest now. Get all of these teams in bidding against each other now. One, you're not doing anything that's counterintuitive. Waiting until closer to the deadline is not going to make these offers go up, you know, in the vast majority of potential offers. And the small fringe asset that you might get if a team, if you were to hold on to him longer does not offset the possibility of like what you actually need to do here, which is now bottom out this season to try to get your highest pick that you can this season. And if you decide next year that you think you're one or two pieces away and that you're going to try to compete again, cool, but maximize what you can right now, him playing. He is one of the pieces on this team that prevents you from being a bottomed out team. The rest of the year, he is too good and has been playing at too high of a level for this team to fully bottom out. And I understand that they are about to potentially lose 10 straight games for the second time this season, but he needs to go if they are to have a legitimate shot of a top three pick, that's it. Case in like end, end of discussion there. I don't see any alternative viewpoint that would make any sense. And that's, that's exactly
1: my thinking, Russ, is I don't want him to not because he's not a good player, because I don't want him to be a good player. This team is not yep. going to make the playoffs. So my point is now is you're going to get a if you're going to get a pick. And listen, I'm not a guy who who drives the bus towards the NHL draft. You're getting 18 year old kids. Uh, you know, we've looked at a couple of guys. I mean, even uh, some of the top picks in the last few years, it's taken a while. You know, even Jack Hughes and Kako, um, Lafreniere in New York. I mean, they're good young players, but it's not an automatic right. That's why before guys would go either to the minors for a year, or back to junior for a couple of years, even if you were a first round pick. Now they're p- putting these guys in at 18 years old. But I'm with you on this one, Russ, because I just don't want him to be another player, good player on the team at night. I understand the relationship uh you know that he's had to this this city and uh what he's been here for, but there's been a lot of guys like that. Here's the other side of the coin, too. Remember the teams that are trading for him, they're not trading for a first line Claude Giroux, they're trading for a third line guy, you know, like they're, they're these teams that are already fit. Like if you if so that's another part of this equation that does factor in a little bit, Russ is the price tag. If a team like Tampa or Boston or somebody jumps in or Colorado says, Hey, we'd like Claude Giroux. We really think he can help us uh, in playoff series. Well, that's great, but he's going to be doing it on the third line. He won't be doing it on the top two lines. And he may not even be the the main fray anymore on a power play. So there could be a a real shift with him. How does he handle that? That's another thing. You know, he's been the man here. He's still been the man here, um, which we said is not a good thing for this team. You know, and And we said that early in the season. That being said, uh, I, I'm 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 in agreeance right now, and I am driving the bus towards the draft because
2: there's nothing else to be hopeful for at this point except trying to get a higher pick. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going this is where I'm going to tell you guys. That this is why they, it won't happen right now, and this is why they'll wait. You say, Russ, tell us, give us your best offer. Well, that sounds good, right? It sounds like that sounds like an ideal thing to say. Yes, we're making him available now. Give us your best offer. Teams are not going to give you your best offer now. They're just not. They're just not. And if you end up trading Claude Giroux for less than he's worth, well, then they'll go get somebody else. They're not going to sit there and, and fret over the fact that they didn't give their best offer for Claude Giroux in January because there's too much that can happen between January 20th, 20th and March 21st. 100%. So, so you're not getting – so therefore, so therefore, you're not no. getting – No, Russ, don't talk over it. you am going to tell you. Because you're not getting your best – You're not going to get the best possible offer for Claude Giroux on January 20th. You're just not. That's all there is to it. You're not going to get it. So you're going to sell him for less. It's the same argument that you have in the NBA. Why hasn't Ben Simmons been traded yet? Because he didn't get, they're not getting the best offer that they want for him. Might they, they might get it at some point here, but at this point they haven't gotten it because the teams aren't desperate enough to give up what they have to give up to get those kind of players. They get desperate as it gets closer to the deadline. I'm not saying it has yeah, to but hold those off. Those aren't. Those you aren't. Don't have to hold off till March those the same situation.
0: Those are entirely no, different situ- situations.
2: They are different situations. But at the same time, the point is, is that you're not. Teams are not going to make the best I, offer. I hear you. because
0: there will be other players that they
2: can trade for.
0: There is there's a counterpoint to this though that you're kind of throwing aside, which is the, what the idea of waiting. The idea of waiting to the deadline is being done with the presup uh, the presupposition that there are. Uh, like let's say four teams and there are only really four suitors who are still going to be suitors at the trade deadline that you're going to pit against each other. Right now, if you're able to do it this far out from the trade deadline, you have more teams that believe they have a chance to do something. And still won't give you their best offer. They still yeah, won't but give the you the best is- offer. You have more teams competing against each other right now because
2: they don't. They, and if they you have give,
0: eight to ten, and teams. they won't give you their best offer because
2: they're going to sit here and say, "Well, we could try and get Giroud, but this is all we're willing to give up yeah, right now because we don't know where we're going to be in two months. In two months create, now, we might be willing to give up more because we are in a better spot." Create it's, your own deadline, Anthony. You create your own deadline. You can you can? That, that's what you do. There you can, but it's be, still. But what I'm saying to you is, is, is it's, it's still too early to create that deadline. It's still well, too early. I don't think decrease. it is that deadline.
1: It is. I, I don't. I don't think it is necessarily because you may have a team like a Colorado that says, "Hey, we better. We want to get involved in this now." It might make Chuck more flexible in his own mind, saying, "Hey, I'm not going to be up against it with four days." And then all of a sudden, offers fall through. That's why I'm saying they should start doing this now
0: to give themselves a little time. They, they could. Yeah, you so will run the ready. risk if you wait until the deadline. You run the risk. And I did not say wait until the teams the teams what that did might I say? have been. Sooner. I said
2: mid-February. The deadline's March 21st. I'm saying you could trade him a month before the deadline. What I'm saying, you could set that deadline then. Let teams figure out where they are and then you say, look, here's what I'm trading him by. I'm trading him on this date. Like Bonnie just said, you set your own deadline. That's fine. It just can't be January 20th because there's too much unknown for teams that are out there. When you say there's more teams that be interested, there might be. But they are also – also I would bet you that there are probably seven or eight teams that are kind of like, eh, do we want to make that move now? Or do we want to wait and see what we are a little bit later in a year? And then we'll say, okay, now we can get involved in this conversation. Because I think that's what drives the price up. That's, what, that's why you don't see these trades – you don't see superstar players get traded at this time of year in the NHL. Why? Because of this very reason that I'm explaining to you. It would be different if this happened regularly. It yeah,
1: doesn't. Not- but not a lot of. It teams also happens we, because
0: teams aren't usually this far out. That's like what the I flyers mean. are right now. They and they're, they're, they're as eliminated. Bad as they limited. Like are, they, I'm, for all intents and purposes, they're done.
1: They're done. Yeah, they're cooked. So that's why I'm saying that's there is, part of. The, there's a lot of reasons. I'm not this I know what you're saying. I, I and, and I'm just saying no. But again, if you're if you're going to create a deadline on February 21st or whatever the number is, it's a month ahead of March. It's still an early deadline. All I'm saying is that there's a lot of risk and a lot of reward to be factored into the final piece of this. Sure. And I think the more that if you put something out to people in the league, it'll get in their heads. I mean, human nature will kick in. And you're thinking if the guy really wants to and he's like, man, this guy, we really think he's a difference maker for us. Like he's going to open up our third line or give us a lot of depth on our second. There could be somebody that gets really nervous that they don't want to lose him. And that's how this thing gets kind of a little bit crazy. There have been some guys that have been moved earlier in the season. Like, um, around this point but I the one reason i'm saying it too maybe it, and russ just mentioned it, they're just so done like they're cooked and i know you're trying to get the value you want and i understand your points too Anthony. both you guys make valid points i'm just saying right now the risk of injury um and then the fact that this team is already they're bad if they're going to be this bad go worse and i don't want jeru factoring in on another victory even so, though he's obviously going to be playing for the foreseeable future so, i say that with you know, kind of like a little wink and a smile, you know, where, you know, he's been a good flyer. I don't want to, but I just want to make sure that they do the right thing here because this is an important trade.
2: You yeah. got some good quality pieces, young guys out of it. So the, the flyers were in a spot actually once before, believe it or not. They were in this spot in 2007 with Peter Forsberg mm-hmm. and they, we knew that team was, uh, was done. Yeah, Like six games into the season, we knew that team was done. <laughs> and they fired Hitchcock and Clark, right? And they were done. Um, they didn't trade him until February 15th. And now that was the trade deadline that year was later in February. It was the end of February. It wasn't March yeah. because obviously mm-hmm. this, this season's extended, right? Because of the original Olympic break. Um, but that season, uh, trade deadline was end of February. They traded him two weeks before the trade deadline. They got a first-round pick, a third-round pick, Ryan Parent and Scotty Upshaw. Now, they all thought, all thought Ryan Parent was going to be a good player. Obviously, he wasn't. Upshaw was Upshaw. And then they got two draft picks, two high draft picks out of it. Okay, um, That's probably the similar – you're probably getting a similar package for Claude Giroux. Fair and to say? I, so. th- I, I Edmund, would actually hope so. Right? I would think you'd get a similar package so. for Claude Giroux. That was two weeks before the deadline. They knew w- months earlier – and yet they still didn't move Peter Forsberg. Was, was Homer wrong to hold on to him that long? Or was it just that the fact that teams aren't quite ready to make those kind of offers that you think that you're going to get that value for the player that you're trading until it gets a little bit closer to the deadline? That's all I'm saying, guys. I'm not saying you've got to wait till March 21st. For I'm Forsberg saying- was, wasn't he still
1: kind of a freak show player, though, Anthony, or still had like that um, high kind of –
2: well like so let's top see
1: three kind of player in the league when healthy even i played with him that one year i mean that guy was a freak show yeah the whole
0: well, year. I mean, I he was I mean, obviously you're talking about a hall of fame player he right? was towards that latter end but he definitely still had very
2: that, high ups that season he was averaging a point a game which yeah. is not too far yeah. off of what is is doing
0: right now he was at 40 points through 40 games for the flyers and we're not arguing like i, I think that we're arguing slightly different thought processes here like i, I don't think that we're necessarily disagreeing with each other. Bundy and I, I think are looking at this from the perspective of what do the Flyers do to make the Flyers the best situation they can be for the rest of the year. And, it, and from where we're standing, it makes sense for them to bottom out the team that you're talking about, that Forsberg team that like everybody knew six games in was done. That was a bad team. This team is probably still a bad team. The problem is this team is not a bottom out bad team right now. And every game that Claude Giroux plays, every game that potentially they get Kevin Hayes back for in, what, five or six weeks, or if, like, they are ever able to get Ryan Ellis on the ice, it prevents them from being a bottom-out team. And that's why the situations, while, yes, it's a star player, and yes, like, you conceptually could still trade the guy early, or you could wait till closer to the deadline, they're not apples for apples, I don't. I don't know what it is that like we each think they should get for Claude Giroux, or what we think they could theoretically get if they were to wait another two or three weeks. But like, I don't think you're going to get a team to go from saying we're going to give you two second round picks or a second and a third to a first and a second by waiting another three weeks. Like, I'm I'm just not sure that that's where we're at. I'm not sure that you're able to leverage the market enough to get that kind of return. Are we talking about like holding on to try to get a, a fifth round pick into a conditional third round pick? Like either way, I look at it and I say, I don't think that really matters. I think it's more important that you bottom out. So you get a better pick this year, a real high end first round pick to me is more important than having a conditional third round pick versus a fifth. I'm just not sure. Like at this point, like I, I, I don't see the point like that, This is why like I'm in the mindset, like shut Ellis down, Shut Hayes down. We shouldn't even be entertaining the idea of these guys ever potentially coming back this season. It's just silly. You have had to have canvassed the league at some point to get a feeler for where certain teams were on on just how invested they were in the possibility of engaging in Claude Giroux trade. And you kind of have to have an idea as a team of like what you're actually comfortable moving him for.
1: He might be a package for right. Russ. It could be a package deal. Also, the it FC, could be, you know, I mean, you sure you have a lot of guys still that you could toss in in the back end of that, like where people would say, wow, that's really interesting where you might get the younger people back, like a connect me,
0: um, Proveroff, Sandheim, somebody along with him. Ristelainen would be an interesting guy to package with him. It's a lot of money, right. but if but you're I mean, a team that legitimately like that. thinks you're a cup contender, there's another guy you're not tied to him beyond this season, but it's a guy who would definitely help your defensive core. Like he has rehabilitated his value to some point with this team this year. That's another guy prevents you from being a bottom out team could have value on the trade market. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree, but I I do think it'll probably be a package. I mean, I, I Anthony, what do you think? I mean, I'm 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 in the belief that this, if you're Chuck and if he's getting guidance from people in there, I don't think Giroux will be the only guy moved.
2: No, no, no. I, I think they're going
1: to. They better th- th- hurry up though with some of them because I'm telling you right now, every game somebody plays that was once valued, and they watch a Flyers game right now, that value goes down and down and down, and it's not for the people. That you want those type of of, uh, of value to go down. It's guys that you were once considered like real important pieces, and they better. You got to be careful with this. That's yeah, what I'm think, saying right now. I think some Three of
2: the I, I think some of your unrestricted free agents are going to go. I think you're going to see Braun go because um, I think Braun is one of those back end guys, veteran guys. A team a team will be looking for at the deadline. Um, I think Martin Jones will get traded um, again. Backup goalie. Uh, who went to a Stanley Cup final? Teams, I mean, freaking Edmonton would take him right now. In all honesty, um, uh, but I mean, you know, you're, you're looking at, at teams like that, you know, players like that that'll go. Ristolainen, I think, is more of a they might want to re-sign him kind of guy. Um, that's one I think that Ristolainen's kind of that the Scott Lawton of last year either we either trade him or we re-sign him. I think that that's where they're at with Ristolainen. Um, I think that that will be a last-minute decision, but I think it will be a decision that they make uh, on March 21st. Got to justify Um, that first rounder too, right, Anthony? Right, yeah, they got to justify what they gave up, right? Um, So then then it becomes – you look at other players who are not uh, unrestricted free agents – and that's where I think you get interesting possible possibilities for combinations. I do think they're going to move on from a defenseman. And I think it's going to be Travis Sanheim, who I think that they move on from. Um, I do think that they might try and trade Konechny. Um, I think that these are the guys. I think these are the decisions that might happen, whether it's at here at the deadline, guys, or whether that is lay the groundwork at the deadline and we'll make the move in June right before the draft or at the draft. It's I think that's what you're going to start to see when you're talking about how they have to reshape this roster. You're going to see those guys move as well. So I do think you're going to see, you know, and look, I'll tell you right now, I think Cam Atkinson is a guy that I would try to move. He's having a nice rebound year after two down years, he's scoring, he's scoring a lot on a bad team. You've put him somewhere else, With again, with someone who has a playmaker and is looking for goal scoring on a playoff team that's willing to take his contract, by all means. To me, the cap space is the most important value of anything. You talk about trading for draft picks, trading for prospects, trading for players, that's all good. And every one of those things are assets worth having. The cap space is the most important asset. And so therefore, and if, if you can get out from under a bad contract, not, not that it's a bad contract, but if you can get out from a contract, then I would do it. I would do it, you know, without, without a question. The Flyers
0: need to move Cam Atkinson. He's been a great player for them. He's been a nice surprise. He's had an excellent bounce back season. But there is one reason you trade Cam Atkinson now. James Van Riemsdyk. Not James Van Riemsdyk this season. Not whatever version of James Van Riemsdyk you're getting. You trade Atkinson because you've already seen how this plays out with James Van Riemsdyk. This team had the opportunity to trade Van Riemsdyk when he was in the midst of a breakout of a bounce-back season that we knew was unsustainable long-term. And now he is an albatross of a contract. Atkinson already, through 39 games, has 15 goals, which is the most goals he has had in a single season since 2018-19. He will not produce at that rate beyond this season because one of a few things is going to happen, like whether it's selling off different parts, if you're going to go into a rebuild next year, he is a luxury that you just simply cannot and should not afford. That's it. Trade him at the deadline, send him somewhere. He's been a very positive guy in the locker room. He's been a positive guy in terms of dealing with the media. He's been a a delight on social media to deal with with fans. He's been a great guy. Had they gotten him three or four years ago, we're probably talking about one of the more popular flyers over an extended period of time that you want, like that fans will be talking about saying, I really hope we can hang on to this guy until he retires. Unfortunately, the timing didn't work out. It's nothing against him, but it just doesn't make sense to hang on to him beyond this trade deadline. Just doesn't. Yeah. But again, it's still a matter of Russ of getting
2: someone to want to take on a 32 year old player with three more years at 5.8 million dollars like what you know are the flyers keeping some of that money like I mean yeah would you like to they might have sure. to but if it's three years like I'm saying it's yeah it becomes hard. like I actually think Van riemsdyk has got a better chance of getting moved than now because it's only one more year and you can eat some of the money than Atkinson with three years because I think the term is what causes the issue now I, th- I say that and I've, I've also said that I think they can move connect me. If connecting is 24, right? So you did what, there's a lot more value there on a 24-year-old at five and a half than there is on a 32-year-old at 5.8 at the same length. That's why I think that. I mean, I would I would try to move Atkinson. I agree with you. Um, also, Atkinson has a no-trade clause, which we should keep that in mind. So you would again have to get him to sign off on that. So there's there's that element as well, um, which makes it a little bit harder. But I think that that would be something I would I would absolutely try to do if I could but it might not work. It might be a lot, it might be harder than, than us just saying, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, move them on, move, move
0: on from him. I, I don't necessarily know if it works. They're far from the same player, but like, let's say that you set a, a deadline on Giroux. That's well in advance of the deadline. You want to say mid February, let's play with mid February. What are the odds that a team that wanted to trade for Claude Giroux and end up losing out on that sweepstakes then would be interested in getting in on Cam Atkinson in the aftermath? Different, are there teams that, that have been of I, I know they're different. I know they're different, but theoretically, like if you're trying to pick up uh, some kind of depth at wing, a guy that can actually score goals has done a good job of setting up his teammates for goals as well. Is he a bad consolation prize? I mean, based on the teams that have been rumored as being interested in Giroud, there are teams that could use some help on the wing. And you're always going to want to have guys that can score goals. Even if it's farther down in your lineup, if you're going to make an extended playoff run, I don't know. I don't think it's, totally out of the realm of possibility that some teams that end up losing out on Giroux. It's all money. It all yeah. comes down to how much they can afford and what you're giving back, I guess, you know, that's part of it.
1: Atkinson has what, two years left? And Voracek has one, right? After this? Three. Okay, three, yeah. So, because I remember we were talking earlier in the year about how we thought, actually, I think it was you that suggested it, Anthony, uh, you know, it's a good move by Columbus because they can actually, will actually dangle
2: Voracek as probably trade bait at one of the deadlines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was the, and that's and 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 you know it's funny that when you say that, it, the we were looking at it from the Columbus perspective, but now you can look at it and say, well, the Flyers are in the same boat; I mean, they could do the same thing, and both teams can get out from under a contract and create cap space, right? Yeah. So exactly, it, exactly. But yeah, I mean, look, I I, you know, guys. I mean, it is what it is. We have still plenty of time. It's it's so amazing then we we're still two months from the trade deadline. It's two months from, tom- from tomorrow. I and mean, that's so far away. I mean, to think that we have to talk about this team for the next two months.
1: Yeah, and, well, that's what I was <laughs> going to say, Anthony. Just think we're also two months away from this team still not being in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, I agree. Yeah, 100%. Like it's still going to be a pile of shit for the next three months. whatever. <laughs> anyway, a big steamy pile, too, because yeah. there's nothing to look forward to. That's what I hate with it. That's what's frustrating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, at least if well, you're that's right ca-
1: there, you could you're getting every game now. It's like, well, we're done.
0: Game's yeah. over, cooked. Yeah. And that's the other problem about the the prospects not panning out either. Like, what, what exactly are you going to do? Like, if you start dealing some of your young defensemen, all right. So Cam York's gonna get more games. That's actually a good thing. Probably developmentally, that's a good thing for him to get more time. Igor Zamula. Does I don't know that if he's, move the I, needle I, for anybody? I don't know. I, yeah, no, I, mean, but I don't think
2: I don't think he's I don't think it'll. I just not sure if he's Physically, NHL. Ready. I don't
0: think he's ready. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm not saying that he is. Yeah. So, so then are you I'm, gonna go dumpster diving? Like, is it gonna become like a waiver wire thing? Like is that how you season's see, gonna they'll end? play like,
2: they'll play will now? They'll play Canautan and they'll play Sealer and they'll play what's the other veteran guy they got down there on the Phantoms? Uh I forgot what his name is. Um that they brought in the beginning of the year. That guy Tarion. They've got yeah. they've got Chris Terrion ready yeah, to uh, put on the pads, yeah. You know? <laughs> no but i mean that's what you're gonna see right pick on just, an old guy go ahead pick on an old guy ross no, it's, it's gonna get bad i mean it, it, it's gonna i mean listen man you get... can't
0: be worse than, than some of what we've seen this year. it's gonna I, don't get... even,
2: I do not i will not compare myself to any current day nhl already. no it's gonna get, it's gonna get worse is what i'm saying to you guys
1: it's gonna it's gonna get yeah. worse and you, you watched you guys you know the other thing too and this happens not one really wants to hear it but you know as you get worse and worse you know that little injury you had
2: also gets worse and worse yeah
1: and then you find yourself out of the lineup and then you're playing with phantoms every night oh uh,
2: uh adam clendening that was the other NHL oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 that they have i couldn't remember his name clendening
0: i'm um, gonna throw this
2: to you guys really quick
0: and i don't know if if you'll have a, a hot take on this one or not if if they bottom out like we i think think that they should and it doesn't look like they're one or two pieces away from contending next year is there a, a conversation that happens with whoever the front office is, whether that's Chuck Fletcher or somebody who replaces him, Is there a conversation between the front office, Kevin Hayes and his agent in the offseason? Like Kevin Hayes did not sign that contract to be on a rebuilding team. And he's got that no movement clause and he has a ton of money and a lot of term. We've been over that a million times but like this is not what he signed up for is there a conversation that i, I wouldn't expect it to happen before the trade deadline he's not going to be healthy like that's just taking yeah, on that contract right now uh, is there a no conversation upside, probably
2: like, probably not right away russ but you uh, look i mean if you're if you're asking around and there's somebody out there who says yeah, yeah we'll take that contract then automatically then you go back to kevin hayes and say so what do you think <laughs> at that point right i mean but yeah. i don't think it, i don't think it's a discussion between the team and the and the player unless there's an opportunity that, that exists and and no i think that that's a contract that's still going to be here um and that's okay i mean you're allowed to have one or two of those like i mean you can get by with one or two of those you just can't have a ton of those on your on your team um you know and, and we haven't even talked about katoria katoria is going to be 7.7 starting next year um but you know i don't think he should come back this year either the only the only injured player shut
1: him down. Right. Yeah. Shut yeah. Him down.
2: Let him be. Let him be 100 healthy next year. The only injured player that I want to see come back, because I think you can trade him and get a draft pick at least, because he showed that he could still play a little bit, is Derek Brassard. What about Wade Allison? Well, I like. I mean, we all want to see Allison play, dude. Right? I didn't
1: realize Wade Allison's 25 years old. It's not like he's 21 anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, let's get him yeah. up here playing. What are we waiting for?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they yeah. they just wanted to get him. I think that from what I was told is we're probably looking at this weekend um, is when he's going to probably make his day, they just wanted to get him five to seven games to kind of get back to NHL speed. So he doesn't hurt himself again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Alice, you're going to see Allison pretty soon. Uh, he's really, yeah. I mean, uh, he's really like the only phantoms forward that they're going to call up that you really want to see. Like who else? Like, I don't think that there's another one down there. That's so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even that we're going to spend time over the next two months saying, well, oh, let's watch these young players. Who? York, Allison. You're going to put Frost in a big. You know what? Role? There, it looks
0: terrible. There's a case to be made, though, and, and uh, bottoming out, right? There's a case to be made that if you're honest about it and if it's very clear that you're bottoming out, you might actually get some people to go down and just watch the train wreck. Because, like, the ticket prices are going to have to drop on the secondary market, right? Okay. So there, there, potentially, there potentially could there be were- people who, like, otherwise wouldn't be taking their family to go see a game who might decide to go because the tickets are cheap. And, like, maybe there's a star player coming in on another team that you can go and take your kid to see. Maybe. I'm just looking for positives here. because this have to sucks. Listen. promote that, Russ? I'm going to involve <laughs> another team coming uh, in. I don't know. Like if Alex Ovechkin's coming to the town, uh, do the Capitals have a mascot? What's that mascot's name? Can we, uh, do we Cap, promote it Cappy? like that? Do we have, Cappy. do we have uh, Do we have Gritty <laughs> holding up a sign? Come at me, Cappy. Like maybe that's what we'll do. I think this is the, this is like the big thing that people need to, to understand. We're sitting here coming up with like what we conceptually think are like good ideas for the team, but we're upset, right? Like for, for different reasons, we're all just kind of upset. And I feel really bad for everybody who supports this team because right now it's just, it sucks. Some people, like I look at it, I'm like, I like sports. I like sports across the board. I will root for every team in Philadelphia. And that includes the union who Anthony refuses to acknowledge, but there are people who are only hockey fans. There are people who are only flyers fans. This must be hell for them. So I feel the worst for those people. Even the people who were like Eagles and Flyers fans. Yes, the Eagles are out, but there's hope for the future. And you can kind of still maybe focus on that a little bit. This sucks. If you're just a hockey fan, this is brutal. And I I feel bad for you. And I'm sorry.
1: I'm going to throw somebody under the bus really quick because I have to. But this actually does lend to what the state of where affairs of all things Flyers. A super fan, Eric, right? Who's been just, I mean, he embodies what it is to be a Philadelphia fan, right? He's tattooing his head. He like inboxed me on a social media said, said, you know what? I'm done. I can't, I just cannot root for this or or deal with what I've been dealing with with this team anymore. And when you start like, that's the guy that would have gone through hell or high water, driven a canoe through puddles to get to the Wells Fargo center. People like that start walking away from you or considering it. That's major league problem.
2: That's a major, major, major league problem. I I agree. I agree. And, And you know, who knows? I mean, Maybe, guys, maybe just maybe there'll be a, uh, an, a major, major overhaul of the organization after this oh. embarrassment of the season.
1: Where's the change agent? Bring him in, bring him or her in, and let's clean it up. Uh,
0: I mean, I, you know, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, there, there are people who've been asking questions. Who, okay, Dave Scott doesn't own the team. Who, who owns the team? Comcast. Brian Roberts Roberts is the managing partner. So if you're Brian Roberts and you've watched this unfold, like people are now tagging regular Comcast on Twitter, not just Comcast Spectacore Mm -hmm. about how bad things are and about like what an embarrassment it is. Like we had people tagging us um, with video from the Rangers game where i mean tons of empty seats sure but like sounded like a madison square garden crowd right it was a a very rangers crowd ranger chant started in our building if if you're brian roberts and you look at who's been in charge of the flyers themselves like is there a moment where you have to sit back and say this ain't working like this ain't cutting it i'm not saying that he he himself decides that like now he's going to Jerry Jones this thing and that he's going to be involved in the day to day but like there are so many failures on so many different sides of this and like
2: what has to happen I, like, there Russ? I just kind of have
0: to wonder like it well, seems you, like I'll tell
2: you what has what has to happen and maybe it has for all we know. What has to happen is people that Brian Roberts trusts have to go to him and say this is bad. You need to look at it. Then he has to not only do that He's got to do, you know, he's a, Brian's a, a real smart man and he's going to do, due even if he's being told these things are happening, he's going to do due diligence and he's going to look at things. And so he's going to wait, he's going to look at this, budget, he's going to look at the, the, you know, their budget and he's going to look and see where things are budget wise. And I know that they probably had pre pandemic or they had pandemic related losses kind of built into the budget. If they're, if they're below those and he's hearing complaints from people that he trusts, then I think maybe he might start thinking about it. Then he might start thinking about making changes. But until that happens, until it gets to that level, it's it's going to be what it is. It is yeah. what it is.
1: I agree. I agree, Anthony, to a point. And, and again, I had like, I was, I was thinking about it on Twitter. People, you know, we talk about the Flyers. You know, we feel bad the hockey side's doing bad, but those are the hockey people. I mean, that happens to many teams, and there's only yeah. one team that wins a cup. So we've gone through that. The disgruntledness that we hear from the fans is about the business side of the flyers and I, and I agree Brian Roberts is one of the most powerful people probably in the world mm-hmm. and, and at the end of the day the flyers are, are a very very small entity but they're one that were, were built on passion and a lot of exuberance from the fan base and if Uncle jr and Aunt Livia are, and, and Livia soprano are running this team into the ground and Brian Roberts feels like he's got egg on his face or or managa all over him Um, <laughs> then I would think that that will come the point where there'll be embarrassment, where he's not going to want to put up with it anymore. And I think that's really where they're at.
2: Uh, I got some gabagool for you. <laughs> to, to, gabagool. Go, gabagool. But but, but I'm he's serious. He gave us like, a man, I mean, man of gut. He gave us a man of gut, Livia Soprano. Man of gut. <laughs> well, I come here, I was like, hey, isn't it Manicotti? It's a Manicotti. So it Manicotti. it's, like, down here it's like, man it's Managah. Yeah, man of gut. That's what we've said. Man of gut. Yeah, man of gut. Yeah, but
0: like, what? Okay, so, but what happens if, like, what happens if Brian Roberts is like willing to make a change, but he's not willing to make wholesale change? Like, what if there's just internal promotions? Like, if if ultimately it falls on Dave Scott, and then everybody else who's below him just moves up a, a step does that make things fundamentally better? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what that looks like. In your case, Olivia Soprano takes over the Flyers. Like, does that work? Does that make things better? I, I don't know. I don't know if it does. I kind of feel like at this point, to me, there's just a lack of accountability on a lot of levels. And, and like, Bundy, I, I have to imagine that like, you would agree with this, but like the Flyers haven't hired a head coach. They haven't been rumored to be interviewing anybody for head coach. They're just happy to roll with Mike Yo who on his bench has what, like one actual assistant coach and a video guy. Like we don't even have a full staff of, no. of people that you would otherwise want to have on an NHL bench. And that decision is being made by somebody to not fill that out appropriately. Does that fall on the GM? Is the GM being given instructions from somebody else just to, to yes. let it go? Like they're, ultimately it has to fall on somebody, right? They're paying AV 12 and a half million dollars right?
1: When they fired him, that's a major part of their budget coming in. Like they've got to pay him five million, five million, 5 million in the two and a half this year left. at the, call it the half season or even a little more. That's why they've got, uh, you know, guys that were coaching, you know, Bantam hockey out helping right now, because it's the easiest thing they can find. You know, Nick Schultz was coaching Penn socket with me two years ago. You know, he's on a bench now he's coaching his little guy. Who's I think like maybe 12 or 13 when he came from Minnesota with Chuck and he has a relationship with Yo, so, it's a comfortable thing nothing against nick he's great great guy i'm happy for him but yeah there's there's a lot of things going on and i think a lot of it russ has to do with av's contract and the money involved with that
2: okay but here's let me say this though Bundy. wouldn't this make more sense now nick's working in player development right that was what that was his job that he was doing with the flyers he's working in player Mm -hmm. development all right and we know daryl williams is the other assistant coach daryl williams was brought here to be because he worked with av in new york and vancouver i think he's just collecting a paycheck because he knows he's going to be done the end of the year. Okay. So, but you have on the payroll on the phantoms, Jason Smith is an assistant coach. Now here's a guy who's been a head coach at the junior level. Who's been an assistant coach before who was beloved as a player was a captain here. The one year he played here was the captain, right? Because of the way he played, you have some youngish, let's say ish defensemen, who could probably use a little guidance right now. What would be the harm in giving Jason Smith an assistant coaching job for the remaining half of the season and say see what you can do with these guys. And then yeah, use well. it as an evaluation and say now, now we you know if Jason Smith can't get them going if he can't get their game better you know with the way he played defense then maybe maybe we need to move on from these guys. Maybe that gives you a little bit of of something. Like that like that's what I would do. I don't know. Yeah. And again, I'm open to anything, you know, and again, I, you know,
1: I, I was willing to give Mike O a a chance to, I just think it's not, it's, it, you know, we can fire as many coaches or bring guys up. And I know Anthony part of it. I'm just starting out of it, like, say what I was saying earlier in the year. This team's just not that good. You can have Toe Blake coach it or Scotty Bowman, and they walk out after and be like, "Dude, we could a bubble hockey team could beat these guys." Yeah. I mean, that's what you're dealing with now. This is an embarrassment. It's a full fledged embarrassment because we got sold all summer, and I knew I didn't get sold a bill of goods. I knew it was coming in here, and I wasn't overly optimistic. People were like, "Wow, the Flyers have turned it around. They're going to be like a Stanley Cup contender, really?" Because it looks good on paper. Well, let's see what it looks like on the ice. And at this point, it's been an embarrassment. This whole year has, again, come right off of last year. It's been embarrassing again. And now they have a lot of future questions that we can't even answer because we don't even know, because we don't have an abundance of talent that we can trade to get pieces in. We're not low enough at the draft order to get a good piece. We're just bad enough that we're just good enough to be where we are. And that's been, quite frankly, Anthony and Russ, the problem for probably a decade. We're just almost good enough to get in and almost bad enough just to miss out. And when you're that team where you're trying to make the playoffs and put an adequate enough team on, on the ice, it's not going to work over the long haul because it's all smoke and mirrors. And that's what this team, unfortunately, that's what's happened for this team for several, several years now.
0: For and it needs an open, time.
1: honest evaluation. It's a, it needs somebody to look in the mirror and say, this is what's wrong with this team. Here's what I would do, who that person is. I'd have a vision of what I'd want to do with this team like any other person would want to have. But it's been the same thing. You've either got to be really bad where you're at the bottom and you restart or you got to be really, really good enough where you could continue putting pieces on your team. Like a lot like the 90s team, Ante had played on. Clarky every year said, let's, you know, I'm going to add a piece or two that I think could give us a chance. Now, we didn't win, but they uh, they felt that those teams were good enough to add. This team is neither here nor there in any of those decision making processes. And you know what ends up happening? When you do that, you become desperate enough that you start signing a bunch of injured guys in the offseason and picking guys up off the waiver wire, three of them this year already. That's who this team is, and that's why they they probably should, to keep going the way they are, they, they have an opportunity to lose their second 10-game uh, uh, losing streak if they continue like this. It's a hard reality, but it, that really is the truth right there in a nutshell.
0: All right, Rush, you want to wrap this puppy up? Yeah, I know we asked for um, for questions from people and they were still coming in as we were recording. So we kind of decided to punt on it till next week. But the one thing that we rolled out to people, and we have a lot of five-star reviews, so we'll read those next week. And we're obviously grateful. I think we got like seven or eight in the past week, which is awesome. Um, but we asked people over on Twitter and I, I will encourage people to continue because I think next, I, I don't expect anything of note to really happen in this next week. Probably not a trade. And I don't think the team all of a sudden is going to be any better. So next week, The plan is going to be to kind of focus on the question that we put on Twitter. So if you didn't respond to this yet, feel free to, and we'll come back to these next week. We asked people for their biggest concerns with the flyers current and future. And while there are a lot of common threads, there are some very interesting responses here that I want to dive into next week. Some of them are things that I I don't think we've even discussed on the show before. So we wanted to make sure that we kind of, paid respect to the people who drop those things our way, allow us to digest them and then allow more people to respond to that by next week. I think that that's going to be the, the topic for next week. I think it's going to give people a, I don't know, maybe it'll be cathartic for people to to send us a few tweets of like what their real concerns are and how they're feeling as a Flyers fan right now. So we'll dive into that next week, unless there's some kind of massive move or something crazy happens with the team. But Unless that happens, that's our topic for next week. So make sure you, you come back in, you, you tune in and you uh, spread the word about Snow the Goalie. You can find us on Twitter at Snow the Goalie, Instagram at Snow the Goalie, Facebook.com slash Snow the Goalie. You can find the episodes on YouTube as well. Uh, YouTube.com slash Broad. There's a uh, YouTube playlist with all the Snow the Goalie videos. You can find Ant on Twitter at Ant Sanfield. You can find Bundy at Cterrian6. You can find me at Joy on Broad. All of those accounts are in the episode description. You're one click away from following each of us and following the show. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, every smart device in your house, if you ask it to play Snow the Goalie, a Flyers podcast, they'll play it for you hands-free, baby. That's, that's the key. So thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening to the only Flyers podcast, Snow the Goalie.